It's happy hour again from Central City, New Orleans. Hello, I'm Grant Morris. We're live at Casa Borrega on Aretha Castle Haley Boulevard in Central City, New Orleans for happy hour, a part of the family of shows on the podcast network. It's NewOrleans.com, brought to you in part today by Petite Pet Care, dog walking and pet sitting. Love and care when you're not there. How many of you guys have got pets at home right now? Everybody around the table has got a pet. Oh, you don't have one. <laughs> Ruby, you're no, the only person. I'm very sad. Do you I have, have one, plants. Julia? Plants. Know. These guys do not look after your plants. You'll have to I water your plants plant yourself. But everyone else has got a pet, so you can have these people take loving care of your pet when you're not there. Someone could be walking your dog right now for you and cooking dinner for you at the same time. More information can be found at petitepetcare.com or you can give them a call at 504-309-PET. When you walk into a bar in New Orleans and you pull up a bar stool, you never know who's going to be sitting on either side of you. What you do know is no matter what they look like, what they're wearing, whether they just got out of a limo or just got out of jail, they're going to be happy to talk to you because that's New Orleans. And this is Happy Hour, a cocktail-fueled 60 minutes of random conversation with folks who have nothing in common other than we're all New Orleans in a bar here at Casa Borrega. Hello, everybody around the table. Hey, hello. hello. The fabulous Douglas Lengel is taking photos of us as we speak. My special guests here today at uh, Happy Hour are, in no particular or this order, actually, Carrie Roy. Hello, Carrie. Hello. How Carrie, are you? Carrie, I'm good. How are you? Great. You shouldn't have to ask me how I am. No, I, I know. I'm sure you've had all these jokes. Every times. single one. Carrie is a third-generation psychic and medium with 20 years' experience plus. Helping others with her unique abilities, Carrie has been featured on the Today Show, a&E, the Traveller Discovery Channels, and was recently named Best Psychic to See in New Orleans by the Travel Channel. Okay, well, listen to this, you guys. And the Best Psychic to See in the USA. Whoa, that's the country. Wow. That's the best psychic. That wow. we're sitting, you are sitting with the best psychic in the whole country, as determined by no less an authority than BBC America. True. Holy oh. crap. That's I know. Congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. round of applause. It really was. You're the best psychic in like, America. like, crikey, crikey. It's crikey, BBC. Yeah. <laughs> what did you think about that? Did you put your fees up instantly? No. No. You no, no, you no, no. You I know. I need to hire thing. you as my manager. <laughs> do, do you have a manager? Because I'm available. Uh, really? Oh, okay. I'm only, I do the show an hour a week. I've got a lot of time to spare. <laughs> we can figure this out, actually. <laughs> this is going to yeah. be great. I've already yeah. got a job. How's it going to work out? Can you tell? It'll be fine. It's going to be great, right? Okay, so Carrie's based in New Orleans. Her office is in the CBD and her clients range from psychiatrists to CEOs, celebrities, and stay-home moms. Do you really have psychiatrists? I really do, yeah. Wow. Yeah, and in case do. you don't want to listen to any more of the show and you think this is a bunch of crap, you can go check out Carrie's website. It's neworleanspsychic.com. Yes, it is. Wow, this is going to be a very interesting hour. Have you guys all got questions you'd like to have answered by the psychic? Oh. The best psychic. Yeah. I thought about it. Everybody's got one. Ruby Let's wants to know when she's going to get a pet. And <laughs> <laughs> the male voice you heard, you're the only guy here besides me, Kevin. Yeah, I am. Okay. Hey, yeah, things are picking up for us. It's Kevin McLean Jr. <laughs> Kevin McLean is a New Orleans actor, screenwriter, and film producer after completing a master's degree in entertainment business from Full Sail University. Kevin teamed up with his classmates to write, produce, and act in his first independent feature film, The Station. That's interesting. After you did a music, a film business degree, mm -hmm. you didn't actually go into the business. You went to the wrong end of the business, the creative yeah, end. the creative end. Why didn't you go to the money end? Well, it's still both in my area as producer and writer. I guess so, yeah. Writer, it's, you know, 100% creativity. Producer, it's really 99.8% business, and the rest is a little bit of creativity. So you can do it all? Yeah. Come on, all right. I'm trying to go well, back to the, the old age, the golden age of Hollywood, where you can do it all. Yeah. I just can't sing. <laughs> well, yet. There you go. Oh, there we go. There you go. I hey, predict. so listen, Kevin currently has several TV and feature, feature film projects in production that include the animated series Dirty Springs University, 
and a feature film called Loco Amigos. Yeah. In his free time, Kevin enjoys international travel, going to movies, and spending time with family and friends. How many friends have you got? A lot. A lot of friends. <laughs> a lot of friends. So I waste a lot of time there. <sighs> Good thing for Facebook. <laughs> yeah, really? <laughs> yeah. Well, you don't spend much time with your friends if you're on Facebook. That is the worst. Well, uh, I have it? friends all over. <laughs> Isn't it totally the worst? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. But I have friends all yeah. over, though. So I have friends yeah. in New York, LA, DC. Um, Do you have anyone in Kuala Lumpur or Beijing or anything? Ooh. I actually, actually, I had a friend in Beijing that played basketball there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, is he the tallest guy in China? He might be. How I tall, don't know. How tall was he? How tall are you? You're six foot one. I'm six two. Six, six, one, two? six two? You've gone up. Yeah, my dad is six one, so it's like I, if I could see over his head, I'm taller. I'm okay, like a little bit older. You're six two. I'm the second shortest in my family. <laughs> wow. <laughs> On my dad's side of the family, my That's other uncles guy. and grandfather was like six four, six six. Yeah. Well, that's some tall genes. Well, we'll talk about that in a minute. Yeah. And listen, our music guests here are three wonderful looking women who are all <laughs> sitting along in a row. The name of the band is Pia, which is spelled P Y E Y A. Which is, I guess you don't have a manager, right? No, that's right. You might have two jobs. I got, I got two hour. gigs on both sides of the table here. That's a very difficult name to say. That's so why I was wondering who, who came up with that idea to call oh, it. Yeah, well, Pia is a made up word. Um, ah, even To crazier. our chagrin, we thought it was the word for sing in Bulgarian, but that's actually Pia. But then once we realized it, we'd already kind of got, you know, went too far with it. So. We're stuck with Pierre. You're stuck and, with and it. And that makes us more searchable. If you it's look through, yeah. Oh, there's nobody else called Pierre. There's no yeah. though. We I've are the only I've spoken ones. to a lot of guys who regret coming up with a stupid band name mm. over the years. The Goo Goo Dolls. I know those guys were sorry. <laughs> that they, well, they were very upset that they came up with a stupid well, band we, name. Well, we were sort of happy to find out that at least it wasn't some other word, that it was it doesn't a made mean, up it doesn't word. Mean, right. It doesn't mean like hemorrhaging, suffering a wound or something. Exactly. Hey, so the three women in this band are an international all-female folk trio. You're not an international folk trio, really, because you're all American, right? We sing international folk music. That's what it means. That's mm -hmm. Okay, I thought you were going to be all foreigners and I was going to have to translate. <laughs> I grew uh, up overseas. Where did so. you grow up at? This is the voice <laughs> of Annalisa. Yeah, uh, in about 11 different cities in Europe. In well, the name like Annalisa Kelly, maybe it was Ireland you were in. No, never Ireland. None of them. Yeah, ever, and I'm not... I must be Irish, you know, far back there, but I, not that I know of anyway. Kelly's is so a... Coincidence. So what countries did you grow up in? Do you want the list? Uh, Italy, mm -hmm. Russia, Finland, uh, then Yugoslavia, my one Balkan connection, uh, Austria, Turkey, Belgium, and America. Annie is our international part of that. <laughs> that would <laughs> qualify. I'm American. <laughs> Why were you, was your parents in the military or something? Uh, State Department. I went it's to a military school. I had State military friends. CIA. But oh. CIA? <laughs> <laughs> that was the voice of Carrie Roy. She must this, know. Whoever's listening into this. Oh, yeah, that's the yeah. psychic saying that. So right. you know, really? <laughs> what, who was working for the State Department? Your dad or your mom? My dad. What did he do? He did public affairs. Uh, so... Uh, you know, if a journalist had a question about, you know, America's stance on something, he... He'd make it up. He'd, yeah. Well, he'd, he'd call back and go, oh, is this okay? And then he'd say, oh, yes, it's okay. So he was a spokesperson. Sp yeah. Uh, he was at one point. Mostly he was just, you know, uh, in the... CIA. <laughs> <laughs> but then he, he um, he's, you know, big Russia file, and so now he's doing stuff with uh, Russia, and now he's actually um, recruiting people for the State Department. Okay. Uh -oh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Where is he? What part of the country? Illinois. So if I wanted to get a job for the State Department, how you would I... go to Illinois or I Indiana or Wisconsin. What's his email address? It's got to be public <laughs> information, surely, doesn't it? Do you want his email address? If, anyone, if anyone's listening, you yeah, know... Yeah, you know, that's we his have job, so sorry, Dad. We it's have 
at state.gov. At state.gov. I hope he doesn't get inundated. I hope he does I because he does, yeah. we couldn't we get 10%? Mm, 10%. 10% of referrals, you know, like when we get, <laughs> we get two interviews for That's free. That's not a membership. Yeah. <laughs> that was Annalisa <laughs> Kelly. Sitting next to Annalisa is uh, Ruby Ross. Yes. Okay, I got that right. You did. It's very complicated having yes. three people in a band. I understand. Looking at all these names. Now, Ruby, where did you grow up? Um, I grew up in Virginia, in Charlottesville, Virginia. Um, and my dad was up in Vermont, so I was between the two. Okay. Um, and then I lived in Boston for a little while and, They're all and cold. came down to New Orleans. They're all cold places till you got here. Um, Good thing. Virginia is cold and hot. Is it? Yeah. It's hot in the summer. Hot I in assume. the summer. See, I'm it does sure. get cold. Um, right. But, uh, but yeah, no, I, Boston winters, I, I spent one there and that was enough. That was and then I, came I bet it was. So. <laughs> and the last member of PA is Julia Michaels, who's got the strongest handshake of any woman I've ever shaken. <laughs> nice, I Julia, think it was good. my sister who told me that I needed to have a strong handshake so that I could, you know, have a good presence when I'm meeting It's true. So. It impressed me. Thank you. Do you work out or something? You just naturally <laughs> well, strong. Well, I do a little rock climbing sometimes. A so little I I rock climbing. Is there such a thing as a little rock? <laughs> <laughs> well, in ever New since Orleans. I moved to New Orleans, yeah. there hasn't been a ton of rock climbing. I, I mostly climb oak trees now because it's the really? closest I can get. So. No, you're not kidding, right? You do. No, I actually was climbing actually one climb earlier right? today. Yeah. <laughs> what street was that on? Uh, you know, like um, race and camp, the, the little park right there with the yeah. with fountain. Yeah. Climbing. You climb the oak trees in race and camp street. Yeah, sure. Does anyone ever say anything, or you just? Oh well, I mean, there's always like little kids climbing, so I'll just you know blend yeah. in with them. That crazy <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> Isn't there a, like a rock climbing indoor rock climbing joint in somewhere? In Slidell, the, the one no, that too was far on away. Was, so. so you girls all met each other at Wesleyan mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. University. And you formed PA after moving to New Orleans, it mm-hmm. says here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. So what's the deal with... Should we just start in? Okay, here we go. This is the real show here. Okay, wait. <laughs> what the hell is the Balkans? <laughs> it's what? a region in Europe. In, uh, oh, sorry. In South, uh, Southeastern Europe. So it's you know, from Croatia to Bulgaria, pretty much. Did you guys know this, by the way? So yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Kevin, did you know what yeah. the Balkans was? No, I had no idea. No, I see. Carrie, did you really know that? Yeah, no, no, no. Gypsy music. Yeah. Gypsy music. Okay. Yeah, that's, yeah, Romania. That's Sometimes okay. people mishear us and think that we said Vulcan, like a Star Trek. <laughs> I swear, it's I happened to me take, multiple <laughs> times. Yeah. I did have this take a second. Like, listen, we like, should like, encourage that. That yeah. would be yeah. awesome. Get a bunch of Trekkies at our concert. They'd be sorely disappointed, though. Where so you wear the shirts. Yeah, by the time they got there. <laughs> yeah. And you on. could give them your Vulcan hand grip. Exactly. <laughs> oh my God. That's yeah. right. Or walk them. on stage and just give the Vulcan exactly. hand Exactly. Yeah. Look at that. Yeah. Nice work. I have a can Star Trek shirt, actually. Oh, you know, nice. Like the actual <laughs> thing from the show. Yeah. Uh, it could it, be in, I think, cheap thrift store knockoff, but right. yeah. <laughs> where, where did you buy that? Sweden? <laughs> that was my, my boyfriend bought it somewhere. I don't know where. But so do you all have boyfriends as well? We do actually look at okay. that. Yeah. Aww. Well, what kind of guys are commonly attracted to women who sing <laughs> Balkan music? Do they have anything in common? No, I don't know. Mine's a weirdo. Is <laughs> They're all kind of weirdos. Yeah. Say. They're all yeah. lovable weirdos. Yeah. In their yeah. own ways. Yeah. Mm. Actually, my boyfriend it has New Zealand citizenship. I have a, a detection of. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> but he Some grew up here. How did he get New Zealand citizenship? His dad is uh, from New Zealand. Although now he's an American citizen. Um, but yeah, he grew up in New Zealand. He's a doctor. He's lived here for, I think, 30 years. And I guess if your dad's New Zealand, uh, New Zealander, then you become 
I guess you New can Zealand, get a passport. So, yeah. so your dad is in, his dad is in New Zealand, or he's yep. a doctor. Is he at Children's Hospital? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. Everyone tells me about this guy, but I've never... Because I'm from New Zealand, so everyone That's asks so me, funny. do you know anyone else from New Zealand? The Kiwis have to stick together. No, we don't at all. He's from Auckland? No, are you from Auckland? I'm from Christchurch, actually. Oh, okay. I think his family is from... Oh, I could be wrong about that, actually. I'm not sure. Call him up right now. People have told me about this guy for years. I've been here for 20-something years, and I've heard about this guy. He's a good talker, very good conversationalist. We should have him on the show. Yeah, he would be on the show. Oh, I'm sure. Yes. <laughs> okay, so what is, I mean, I guess we're just going to make you do it. Just going to make you sing a song. So sure. we yeah. get the idea of what Balkan. And do you normally have instruments? No, no not for most drum. of our songs. Yeah, we do have a drum on a couple of songs, but mostly we just do a cappella music. It's traditionally sung a cappella, a lot mm-hmm. of it. By women's the, choirs. By the original Balkan. Women's choirs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is just mysterious, isn't it? <laughs> well, that's funny because one of the bigger ones is called, I can't, I'm going to butcher the name, it's in French, Le Mystère de Le Mystère de Voix Bulgare. Yeah, you speak French, that's right. <laughs> okay. What is uh, that? Which means the, the mystery of the uh, Bulgarian voices. So you nailed the adjective. Okay. <laughs> the mystery of the Bulgarian voices. Yes. It was what, one of the first so groups mysterious? that popularized. Oh, we should just not music. explain and sing and sing. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Keep it well, what are you going to sing for us today? Um, do you want something upbeat or more... Uh, well, something that we should do mysterious. All oh, mysterious. All right. Mysterious. Uh, I guess that should be Icino. Yeah. yeah, I think. Yeah. yeah. Can we do, is it okay if we do like a slower song? Like it's a little... Uh, well, that's okay with me. What do yeah. you guys think? Sure. Yeah, no yeah. lullaby. Sure, you can do whatever you feel like. You yeah. think it'll fit the mood of sitting in a bar <laughs> drinking margaritas? No. No, not at all. <laughs> not at all. Okay. Not at all. <laughs> what, transport us to Bulgaria? Uh, yeah, Bulgaria, <laughs> as long as drinking is involved, I'm <laughs> sure it'll fit. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, yeah, this one is a lullaby. Okay. Don't fall Oh, 
Is that shocking? It is really <laughs> crazy to sing yeah. while listening to it's yourself. It's hard, actually. Yeah. Oh, with headphones? Yeah. yeah. Oh, you can take the headphones. I've never experienced that before. Oh. Yeah. You can take them off, by the way. No, it's no kind of cool. I mean, I was like, <laughs> damn. <laughs> Have you recorded this stuff before? Not no, really, no. Although, I just, by the way, I haven't told them yet. I got an offer for us to be recorded, so there you go. <laughs> You've got a record, you got a record deal you didn't bother telling the other girls. <laughs> oh, yeah, sorry. This is good. She saved it for the show. Yeah. Well, congratulations. That's quite a big deal. Yeah, well, not, I, I wouldn't call it a record deal. It's a guy who's a fan of ours who has recording equipment who wants to record us. So, well, yeah. you can tell him you've already worn headphones now. So yeah. you, That's right. We, we know it's how to like you've been in a studio, <laughs> practically. <laughs> Yeah. That's so funny that you never heard yourself. What did you think hearing it back to yourself like that? Hearing the everyone else's voice. The balance was so different. Right. Yeah, yeah, because you I'm normally only can hear your own voice, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was yeah. interesting. I'm going to be curious to hear it later on, you know, as a podcast. I couldn't yeah. concentrate. I was just like listening to it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it was cool. It was really cool. Yeah. It sounded beautiful. Thank you. How did you figure out you could do this, the serious three of you? Alcohol involved? <laughs> <laughs> that actually helps me. I don't know about Ruby and Annie, but... <laughs> Um, Ruby, yeah, you start. You knew. You brought us into it, right? Yeah. So I, I first found out about the music. Um, there was a group that came through Virginia, through Charlottesville, when I was in high school. Um, a group that was actually based in Vermont, that does folk music from all over the world, um, and so heard them sing. I was like, that's awesome. Um, and then saw in the program that they did singing camps in the summer. And I was like, oh my gosh, sign me up. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, so I went and did a singing camp and started learning how to sing this music from them, um, from this group called Village Harmony. And then um, when I went to college, I wanted to keep singing that music. And so started a group there. And both of these ladies ended up in it at one time or another. And um, and then you three of you happened to all move to New Orleans? Yeah, or was that yeah, yeah they I moved here before yeah. me. They didn't know each other. They didn't overlap at all. Um, you didn't even know each other? No. no. Annalisa and Julia. Julia. No. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. And That's so when weird. I came down, both I talked to both of them independently. They were like, hey, we should get together and sing just for old time's sake. And I was like, oh, well, actually, there's three of us, and it's mostly three-part music. We wow. should totally it do that. Out. Yeah. Wow. So, Carrie, <laughs> how would you explain something like that? Uh, synchronicity. Uh, is there such a thing as yes. coincidence? Yeah, mm, not coincidence, synchronicity. Yeah, I don't think there is such a thing as coincidence. There's not. No, um, so what's the qu- I think there's a little bit of chaos that runs around in the world that, that may cause the, what we call coincidence. But primarily, I just think that um, it's all well woven together. And mm-hmm. what, what does the grand design come from? Whoa, that's a, I need another drink for that one. <laughs> wow, you haven't even, you got tons of this one. I'll get you another one. What would you like? The grand design. Um, boy, that's a, that's a loaded question. Um, I think that uh, it is, our reason for being here is to grow uh, individually. And I think that collectively we help each other do that. Mm-hmm. And so I think that most of the stories of our lives are very much like three-part harmony. So I think it works with that. Mm-hmm. You know, is that I need this voice in order to have this expression. I need this voice to have this expression. And so different people come along and we connect with each other so that we can we can create something beautiful. And that could be my moment. That could be your moment. That could be your moment. It should be all of our moments. Um, but I would say that it, uh, interestingly, having someone here in film, I often suggest to people, why don't you step back for a minute and look at your life as though it's an independent film and you're a very interesting character. And then how do you feel about it? Mm-hmm. You know? Because mm-hmm. that's really what I think it is. I what does that mean exactly? Well, that? I think we're characters that come together 
to have a, have a story, have a storyline. My life is an interesting storyline. Your life, I'm sure, is an interesting <laughs> storyline, as are everybody else in the room and in this city for certain. Um, and so I think that that's just the, the way it happens, is that we draw in those people into our lives that are going to make the best story. So I, I'm not exactly sure who the casting agent is. I argue with that <laughs> casting agent from time to time. But so when this, so the coincidences, such as they are not, are created by ourselves. We're not part of some grand predetermined system. I'm not. I, I actually don't have the answer to that, and I'm glad oh, that I don't have the answer to that. Come on, you're the best psychic in America. I am. Uh, well, uh, according to according the BBC, BBC America, that's a yes, pretty I major am. Yes. Authority, uh, I but but I don't think I do have the answer, and I think that that's better. The people People that have the answer and really believe that they know what this whole thing is, they scare me a little bit. Mm. I'm, I'm always open to learning more. So, so you're th you, it says in the bio, which is true, I suppose, that you're the third, a third generation? I am. So what does that mean? Your grand... My grandfather was an astrologist, uh, astrologer and a numerologist. My mother was a psychic and a medium. And I came along and became a psychic and a medium, too. Do you have kids? Nope. So it's the end of the line for the... Yep. For the Roy psychic family. Yeah, well, Unless you the adopt these three girls here. Yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, um, I look at it as I think it's difficult for people to help a lot of people and then help. I have more of a kind of a macrocosm in my helping, and I just am cool with that. I, you know, everybody's my family. Everybody's my kid. Yeah. <laughs> so how did you first discover it? I was about seven years old, and I was at my house, and I started talking to somebody sitting in a chair. And from the conversation, my mother understood what was going on, and I was having a conversation with somebody that wasn't there. And so she... Well, most seven-year-olds do that, though. Well, no, mine was pretty detailed, and the chair itself started to rock, and, and so it was, it was... And my mother, this is what my mother did as a gig, you know? So she kind right, of so knew you what knew was going it, on. Yeah, and, and I wasn't just mimicking it. I mean, they were, they were pretty careful not to, you know, try to put something on me. I was allowed to be what... At that point, I... I was, thought I was going to design playgrounds. That's what I really was interested <laughs> in doing at, at seven years old. <laughs> so um, I, that was my big, it's going to be an engineer of playgrounds. Um, you need better playgrounds. I really don't like playgrounds now. <laughs> we do. We need them. We do. We do. We can make them all trees and rock places yeah. where yeah. we can climb. I spent such a large of my part of my childhood sitting in trees. I yeah. just mm -hmm. love that. Um, but you do too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, see? Mm -hmm. Ooh, synchronicity. <laughs> <laughs> but um, uh, so she saw what was going on. I also did weird things. Like I could tell when somebody was going to call. I knew who it was. I knew who was going to be at the at the door. I knew answers to questions before teachers ans asked the full That's question. That's handy. Do you know the exam? I, uh, sometimes I did. Wow. <laughs> I was wow. really, really good at okay, school. So let's go so, through. You know, I was academically <laughs> pretty good. Let's <laughs> go through all the stupid questions that people ask you. Mm. Okay, sure. What do they start with? The Powerball numbers and the horse races? Oh, the Powerball number. That's the one that I love is, what? is okay. my, my response to that is if I could pick the lottery do you think I'd be sitting here talking to you right <laughs> now <laughs> what, are, what other frequently I'd be on asked my island yeah, right now you know okay so that's um, you can't well that uh, you know you'll Horse say something same thing. the, the whole thing where, where you knew that already but of course you knew right, that already right. as, as though this is all you know right. the, you, you walk around with a microphone and earphones on 24 7 right so that's just what you do all the time I have moments where I just like to not be psychic too you know? so. <laughs> well that's what I was going to ask you next actually does does it crash in on you your whole okay, life? You were going to ask me that. <laughs> <laughs> Too sad. There you Does go. It, do you find it crashes in on you all the time and you 
you can't stop picking no, up I, stuff like you know what Kevin's thinking about right now, which is embarrassing. N- no, no, I, I don't want to know everything. I, I don't really, really need to know the minutia. Right you know, that, no, there's right. stuff up there, honey. No, 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 no. no. What, what's he thinking like that. about? No, um, uh, actually, I think he's got some other things that are going on this evening that he's thinking about too. He's got <laughs> That's because he's from texting. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I didn't see that, but no, nah, just um, kidding. No. Do you have stuff going on tonight that you have to juggle? I'm writing a script right now. Kind of. Oh. Uh, it's a horror slash thriller. Ooh. Takes place in New Orleans. Um, just kind of, you know, it's a horror type script. So it's, you know, I try to think of funny things so my life won't be all horrorness. So you get you're absorbed by the script, so you keep thinking about it all the time. Yeah, yeah. It's um, it's kind of like how you said. It's like it comes to you and you see it and you just don't know. It's like. I'm like a guy with a computer sitting in the corner, just watching, sitting in the corner while everybody is doing their thing, and I just decide to take that and what people are doing and listening and then write it. And then trying to create uh, horror scenes is really, I'm not that type of person. I like score that much, then you know, try to create that. Why are you writing a horror film if you don't like it? Um, well, as a writer, I, w- I said to myself, I wanted to. Like know which genre I'm really strong in, so I said I was gonna do like two, uh, two scripts for each genre. Okay. So romance, I haven't gotten to romance yet. I'm staying away from that right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I'm, you know, comedy, action. Um, what's the, what's the station? Station what's is a comedy. Is that? That's a comedy. It's a comedy. It's a kind of dark, kind of I wouldn't say too dark, but it's kind of comedy. Can't really take it too serious. Um, my character is um, Tony. He comes in on his last day in his pajamas and locks himself in the radio station, and so he's saying whatever he wants to say. So <laughs> that's cool. Yeah. That's cheap, too, I suppose. There's one set there. Yeah, one set, one location. That's why we try to keep it. Uh, it was a low budget. The budget was like $11,000, and so we took 8500 1000 towards location, and um, everything else went to the crew and food. Mm. That's a pretty cheap movie, eleven thousand. So you wouldn't take much to get your money back on that if you no, sold it to somebody. What do you do now? Then it's out. It's it's on it's on Vimeo. You can watch the whole thing. On Vimeo. Yeah, you can watch it for like two dollars on Vimeo on demand. Um, while I'm not promoting the station, I'm writing, I'm working on like Thirty Springs is a cartoon that's coming out. Uh, we should have. It should be on um, Funnet.com. On uh, Funnet. Yeah, crowdfunding. Yeah. Um, so far, right now, we have the drawings complete, the story, the voices. Um, the voices, everybody's from New Orleans. It's all, all comedians uh, in New Orleans. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's a pretty ambitious project, making an animation. Or can you do it on a computer now and it just does itself, kind of? Or do you have yeah. to do it all by hand? Like the I have somebody that does it. Like I have, um, you know, that's the thing about producing. You can go out and find people for certain things. And um, you can go to you can go to a bar and have a margarita while the suckers at home drawing stuff. Right, <laughs> <laughs> good deal. Yeah, like that. But you know, being the boss, you over it, so you have to be. Are you paying this guy? Yeah, yeah, definitely. What's and it about, Dirty Springs? You know? Dirty Springs is about college. It's about these two guys, Clifford and B. Black, that goes to college, and they're experiencing what we all experience when we go to college a little bit more. So. It's fun. So is it, class. is it short for the web? Are they like webisodes or is um, it going to be a full feature length film? It's not going to be a film. It's going to be like a 30 minute oh, episodes. Okay. You know, oh, so. for TV, say? Yeah, we try, We want to do it for TV. Trying to hopefully we could get it onto Adult Swim or something mm-hmm. like yeah, that. Cool. Yeah, cool. Yeah, and, and um, then I have uh, Local Amigos uh, film that I'm producing. Local I'm Amigos? Yes. 
Let's have a guess at what genre that one is. Comedy. Comedy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I didn't write this one though. Um, I, I'm helping out as a producer. I read the script, fell in love with it, uh, helped develop it to make it a little bit stronger. And so far, it's on FunNet right now, um, gaining um, funds. And uh, FunNet is a local New Orleans crowdsourcing thing, like Kickstarter, but for right. New Orleans only projects. Right. We had that guy, Alex, Alex McConnell. Yeah, that was just with him last night, one he's good a, friend of mine. He's great. Yeah. And this is his idea. It's a pretty cool idea. It's mm -hmm. kind of it's Kickstarter for New Orleans. Right. And it seems to be working out pretty well. It was doing real well for him. So, yeah. how much money do you need? We can get people to kick some We need for, let's see. 30 Springs University, we need uh, 8,000. Um, and then for local amigos, same thing, around 8,000 okay. too. So what do we get if we give you like 20 bucks or something? What do we get for it? Well, for Dirty Springs, yeah, for Dirty Springs, you're gonna get a t-shirt, you get like a character um, giving you like a little letterhead saying thank you. But then you get a little bit higher, you could get like your email, your voicemails um, by a character oh, that's um, cool. saying that uh, this person's not here and have a little comedic <laughs> with it. Okay. Um, if you give like about $200, $300, you get a street named after you. You get uh, um, a building on a campus named oh, after you. That's great idea. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. So, Very uh, cool. So in the higher it goes, it, you know, you get named, stuff you named off um, after certain people and all, and uh, hopefully we'll start that soon. That's cool. Uh, yeah. So Carrie's mom was a psychic mm -hmm. and your dad was in the same kind of business as you kevin McLean senior yeah you did your homework i you know what i did before i came <laughs> here like literally about five <laughs> minutes be before chris and i came here i just googled your name mm -hmm. and kevin McLean senior came up yeah my and father. i thought it looked, he looked exactly like you actually yeah he can never say i'm not his son it's amazing <laughs> it's absolutely it's uncanny i thought it was you and it said that yeah. He was a spokesperson for michael jackson the superstar yeah oh. yeah from 97 until his death yeah that was, you know, that was a crazy experience. So you, you got to meet Michael, I assume. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, well here we go. He called the house. Okay. Or was that? He would he call used, you? He used to call, um, <clears throat> he used to call for my father. I would call my dad at the house. And uh, that's before, like, cell phones really started getting popular. So you had to speak to him? Yeah. Okay, yeah. so here we go. That Everyone's got two questions. Annalisa, you've got two <laughs> questions about Michael Jackson starting now. Oh, my gosh. Oh, dear. <laughs> I don't have a question about Michael I'm just in awe. Who, who in the world does not have a question about <laughs> Michael Jackson? I don't okay. believe it. Well, uh, what, did you ever have a meal with him? What was his favorite food? Oh, meal. Um, I never had a meal with him. But my father definitely has plenty of times. Um. He likes grits, New Orleans style grits. All <laughs> oh, right. Yeah. There you go. Already we found out something we needed. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. Oh, grits. I was even I was surprised. I was like, you have all this money in the world, and you want New Orleans grits? Like, <laughs> really? Good question, Annalise. Did you have a follow up? Oh man. <laughs> um, I don't. How did your dad get involved in that? How did he meet Michael Jackson? Um, let's see. He was probably about. 15, 16 years old, and he found out he found out that they were at a at a hotel down downtown, and he went down there dressed up like he was a guitar member a member in the um, group, and he snuck into the elevator where Tito and Jermaine and the rest of the brothers <laughs> were, and he slipped yeah. them his demo tape, and they lost it, but they remembered <laughs> his number, and they called my dad, and then you know started a whole relationship from like. Think eighteen to like now. He still talks. And that was in '97, so he was already huge, right? right? Yeah. yeah so, uh, and that that works, you know, the little slip. Well, no, no, no. This happened back in like, let's see how long ago my dad met him. This is like my dad's. This is like about '60s in the oh, okay. '60s. And Mike was like 14 at the time. Oh. 
Yeah. So. Wow. So wait, how from the age of so they knew each other when they were, when they were teenagers? Did they hang out when they were teenagers? Did I wouldn't say I would hang out. He, he was always in the studio. My dad was in trying to do the same thing as him, was do music. And so he was trying to get a record deal. And Joseph ended up being my father's manager of a group called Windjammer. And uh, actually, um, <laughs> in the station, if you when you watch the station, the actual song is the first song you hear in a movie. So when the uh, movie kicks in, you hear tossing and turning from Windjammer, which is kind of funny that my dad uh, was doing music. And I remember that when I was a kid. And then years later, t- over 20-some years later, now it's in my film. So mm-hmm. it's kind of cheap. Cool. Huh. Cheap rights clearance. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so that's okay, yeah. so that was your two questions. And Lisa, we're moving down the table. Ruby, what two quick questions do you have um, about Michael Jackson for Kevin? Did he ever teach you any dance moves? No. No. No, definitely not. But he knows that my dad, my dad always be throwing me under the bus with people. That he, uh, celebrities be like, oh, my son definitely loved you. He did this dance move just like you and he started laughing. <laughs> so I'm like, ah, I'm a joke at that point. Did you actually try and dance like Michael Jackson? Who doesn't? <laughs> you know, everybody wants to moonwalk. Everybody wants to kick yeah. their leg out. Can you, know. you moonwalk? I have, well, my socks are on. <laughs> <laughs> on the moonwalk? Down at the moonwalk? <laughs> Ruby, do you, have an, the moonwalk? do you have a follow-up or you want to... Uh, I'll, I'll see to Julie if you have a burning question. Julie, you have a question mm. about Michael Jackson for Kevin? Come on. Well... I guess your, your main interaction was on the phone with him. Is that sort of what you were saying? Yeah, as so a kid, because he called the house, and my dad like take the phone, and then pff, on a plane somewhere. Oh, so he was calling just to, like, business. check in him to, yeah. It's business, so then, you know, like, celebrities call at strange times at night. Yeah, I was going to ask. That was my question. Mm-hmm. Did he call, like, 4 a.m.? Like, was it? I remember I was in high school. I think I was, like, a sophomore, and, like, I know I had, like, a Spanish test that morning, <laughs> and he called, like, at, like, 2 in the morning or something, mm-hmm. and my dad was like, oh, sorry. It was Mike. I was like, is he going to take my test for me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I need a test. I need an A. <laughs> <laughs> I can't imagine the teacher accepting that excuse. Right. No. <laughs> sorry. Really can't. Michael, Michael Jackson, Jackson did my homework. <laughs> Hey, um, what did your dad do? He was his spokesperson? Yeah, he was a spokesperson. First he was um, guitarist, songwriter, producer, and when that stopped, he became my, uh, he was teaching and he went into being PR and he would do PR for Michael Jackson. So you, you're like taking his role now, like at this table, because we were asking you all these stupid questions that yeah. probably your father must have had to answer. Like <laughs> Probably so. So he was doing it in the mid-90s? Mm-hmm. That was pretty much the height of the craziness when yeah. he was sleeping was, in the hyperbaric yeah. chamber and yeah. hair caught on fire on the Pepsi yeah. commercial. Uh, I think do you remember that? My dad, no, my dad was in LA when that happened. Um, he, was? he was, yeah. He was in the studio when they got called with Joseph when it, when that happened. So that's like, you know, when the hair caught on fire. Yeah, when that when that situation happened. Okay, so Carrie, you have any questions? Because I've got a hundred. Well, it's interesting because I was sitting here thinking about him calling in the middle of the night. I, I was picking that up that that was going to be one of the things that got. I really was. Um, I'm I'm curious about his generosity. Um, did he like buy planes for your dad? <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh Did you get like an odd like? Did you get the you know a, a super cool slide maybe for your family on Christmas or anything cool like that? One time. Um, what was it? Uh, it was something that came out. It was, we had it before it came out. Um, the portable DVD player where you could uh, walk around and bring it. Like mm-hmm. I would never forget it. Like my dad treated that thing like a person with a call with no insurance. Don't move it. Let it stay right there. <laughs> <laughs> you move it, it messes up. I don't. Ha- we, we can't bring it nowhere. We get it fixed. 
so he had it hooked up to the TV and it never, st- it never moved. So yeah, DVD player, I think that was one of the first things I remember. Okay, so now Michael Jackson's dead, we all know that. So can yeah. anybody be sued if you say anything about him? Because he's dead, so he's not going to sue you, and his family's not going to sue you or anything. Right? State, probably. Do you know the inside story about all this crap? Did he really father those children? Were they his kids? From what I know of, it's his. Um, okay. They have his attitude, from what I hear. Do they? Do you know the <laughs> yeah. kids as well? Well, no, I don't. No, my dad had my dad met Prince when he was young, younger, and then around that time, my father stayed at home. It was getting around the time for around Katrina, so. It was, uh, my dad kind of started staying home a lot, working-wise, and then, you know, Katrina happened. So but he was still a spokesperson up to the very yeah, end when, the he, very when, end. He, when he died. Wow. Mm-hmm. Awful. I have yeah. no doubt that they're his kids. I'm just, you know, not so sure about the way that they came about. But I'm yeah, sure I, genetically they're his oh, kids. Oh, you mean it was more yeah. of a sort of a turkey-based or mm-hmm. question? Yeah, like, yeah. let's... I'm sure it would Kevin's be more sophisticated doesn't know than that. I have no clue what goes on behind people's doors. There's no reason why he, he wouldn't well. have sex with a woman, though. I mean, he's, is there? I mean, it's not that difficult you to Michael do that. Jackson, right? He's you're Michael a, Jackson. He's the king of power. Who wouldn't? Yeah. Like, you, you, well, but you also, you. If, you're, if, you're, if you have all of these kind of... Howard Hughes had a lot of those same silly of problems, kind of yeah, idiosyncrasies, and so he may not have wanted to go through that process. You know, in that way, if you want to kind sort of, of icky. Yeah, well, yeah, and you never you know what you, something. yeah, yeah. That's how did how he, feel about it. How did he meet that woman? I mean, he walked around with a mask and gloves. I mean, so he, he wasn't really into intimacy, I wouldn't think. Oh, he so was, he from what I, I always ask that question, why the gloves? And the, he was more worried about um, getting sick from people. Well, yeah. Like catching a well, cold. That's well, yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. kind of thing. Right. Outside type of thing. Like going outside in the public. Well, that's mental problems, right? Well, if you think about it, if you have okay. 100,000 people running at you all at the same time trying to touch you, right. you don't want to be, you know... Um, uh, I think uh, a mask would be the least of your problems. I don't want to say you want to be an ass by not shaking anybody's hand, not saying, you know, right. hello, how you doing, thank you. Because I know during All-Star Weekend, I was downtown and I saw... Um, celebrities, I saw basketball players. I saw Steve Kerr walking down the street, and I was like, "Oh, Steve Kerr!" He came, he shook my hand. So now think about it: if you that famous, and one person comes up to you, now think about you, Michael Jackson. You got tons of people crying for you. You know, you don't know where their hands has been. You don't know where no, some people probably be, you know digging. In those, oh, Michael Jackson! It must be the most unbearable thing. And you're like, a, he's like a prisoner where you can't go anywhere in the world. You couldn't go anywhere without someone staring at you, yelling out your name or whatever. Yeah. It just must be crazy. It comes with the territory when you have the number one album. <laughs> you should be his, uh, you know, posthumous. <laughs> yeah, really, he's doing such a great job. Okay, really doing a good job. One more question: uh, What's up with the color of his skin and all that crap? What's well, the truth about all that? I would say the truth is that he had he had a skin problem. Aha! Vitiligo. That's the truth. Yeah. Yeah. Spoke like he wasn't crazy and got his skin bleached. Right. He had mm-mm. he had yeah, some sort of vitiligo is like it's patches. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's so it's patches. So he just went ahead and just got the whole thing done. Because ah. yeah. back well, in that time, if you look at that time, that's what the late '80s, early '90s, when all that started happening between the bad album and and the dangerous album. So mm-hmm. that's you know. At that time, you had the AIDS craze. You had a lot of disease crazes going on. So if you that famous and you're in the eye, you got little patches here and there. Mm-hmm. And people, you know, they, they're afraid of someone said they had someone has the flu in the same restaurant. Everybody's like, oh, I don't touch me. So you see, you know, that happens. Got to say, you are very good. You've inherited that. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's all got to be bullshit, I'm sure. 
Because the fact is that he had that hideous plastic surgery that completely changed his appearance. He didn't look anything like that. Mm-hmm. If you look, I mean, anyone can see that. Right. But he just happened to have vitiligo and bleached his skin because of that. That doesn't sound believable to oh, me, Kevin. Then you get a little bit of, you know, touched of, can I get, you know, this little touch up here? Yeah, but what I'm saying, someone who's obsessed with their appearance to that extent, they would totally change yeah. their look. It doesn't seem unlikely that they would also want a different skin color if they could get one for whatever reason well and his sisters you know have kind of followed the same they, they must have caught the disease yeah he and they Janet all they all fairly merging. yeah right well and latoya really? girl <laughs> they all have Toya plastic surgery the or they all have light well, skin it's the hollywood yeah. thing it's, it is you know, mm-hmm. you know hollywood you could see if people like beyonce for example is she on one cover she looks darker and on one mm-hmm. cover she looks lighter mm-hmm. that's you know and the blonde hair mm-hmm. yeah yeah you know you all we all trying to fight for a position and you know the perfect look which is really no perfect look right because we all born different mm. creating our realities that's just what people do now also externally they make themselves whatever they want to be so well, there's nothing wrong with that i guess yeah i don't know unless everyone in the world's sharing it, it you're going yeah. what's wrong with that person mm-hmm. i mean create we all want to be something we want to be what we want to be don't we i mean whatever mm-hmm. it is mm-hmm. but most of us don't ha- can't afford and don't have plastic surgery. We we try and change from the inside, I guess, or our hair color or our clothes. Mm-hmm. And and then people, it's it seems that now it is the expectation, you know, that that we look a certain way. You know, that that thirty is that. What do they say? Fifty is the new thirty, or seventy is the new fifty, or mm-hmm. you know, it's well, if you can buy it, then it's true. <laughs> How do you combat that? Um, I I think. That train has left the station. And Too I'm late. I'm so sure that that's <laughs> going to happen. There's nothing now. we can yeah, do. Um, We're just trapped in this. Mm-hmm. I'd like to worshiping say but I don't think so. Well, with, why couldn't we worship old age instead of worshiping youth? That'd be a lot easier. We, could, we wouldn't have to have plastic surgery that way. I, I agree. It would be easier, but there wouldn't be ever so much money being made. And yeah, <laughs> well, there is that. Keeping everyone on the teetering hey, on the edge of insanity. Besides being a psychic, you're also a medium, right? You talk to dead people as well. Yeah, should I should I try to raise Michael? I think that he's Oh, my enough. God. <laughs> 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 Whoa. Oh Could my you goodness. do it? He's like, please leave me alone. <laughs> I'm dead now. Come on. Hey, hang on a minute. I would never have thought of that. Could you get in touch with Michael Jackson right now? Um... I can get in touch with what is the essence of Michael Jackson. Yes. Right now, while we're sitting here. Yeah. I mean, why not? It's really not much of a difference between him and you know somebody's mom. You know, they're they're just people who were here who are no longer here. You know. So. So they're accessible. Everybody in the world who's ever died, you can access them. I would say yes. I I really I I I don't go around trying to do it when I'm not asked, but. Um, yeah, I believe that they are. I don't see why one would be and the other isn't. I mean, just well, let's let's whistle Michael up then. Um, sure, let me think about that. Um, try to connect with him. This is this is I, I have never done Michael Jackson before, but this is the first okay. right, right here. I may have to have a, have another have another sip, sip of, of that yeah. cocktail. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You might not. Yeah. I mean, I'm just getting a little nervous meeting him. You know, even now that he's not here. I mean, he's still super. Well, you can say you're a friend of Kevin, so you're I in. Can, I could. I could. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have to be well, nervous. Well, first off, he says thank you, Kevin, for speaking such wonderful words of truth about me, <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and taking my back here, even though I wasn't. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I feel that for, for Michael Jackson, what I get for him is that he's totally happy that he's not here anymore. I, I don't think this was a pleasant experience for him, obviously. But, I mean, I really feel that when I kind of tap into that idea of the essence of, of Michael Jackson, what I feel is that he felt tremendously misunderstood. 
um, and that uh, some of the things that he was accused of, I don't really feel like he did do. I think he just kind of went along with it because it was just, at that point, Michael Jackson was no longer, a, you, you stop being an individual when you're that famous. You know, you become a product. You become an entity other than, like what you and I sit and have to worry about our individual lives. You don't have any real control over that anymore. And so I think that he really gave up. I think he gave up a long time ago. I think he gave up pre-plastic surgery. I think that who that little boy was and who the man was that died were really, if I was to tap into Michael Jackson and connect with his spirit and the part of Michael Jackson that passed, that part passed very, very long ago. It had nothing to do with the are you picking this up from? Stuff. Are you picking this from, up from, from the energy from of what I feel when I connect to that? Yeah, is and I wouldn't have thought of that before, but basically that's what he's saying. I died at about twelve. Mm. Wow, wow, that's that's deep. That's heavy. Yeah, <laughs> it usually is. You know, yeah. it, it usually is. That's what the. And that, do you have conversations with people who have passed like this? I, I mean, do. Yeah, that's part of what it is that I do, and I've done that most of my whole life. What about your, was it your grandfather? Was it? He was a numerologist and an astrologer. So and can you talk to and him I've regularly? Got a, I don't usually talk to him as much as I talk to my mom, and she's passed too. Right. And so I have a lot of people on the other side. And, and I'm sure I talk to them. I think that um, th what I believe is that just because somebody is no longer here in physical form, it doesn't really mean that we can't have a relationship with them. I mean, it's really silly to you just say. You get arrested say for that, by this the way. <laughs> 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 yeah, not that kind. Ah, sorry. <laughs> and it would be pretty obvious here because everything is above ground. So <laughs> I couldn't get away with much. You know? um, but it, uh, I, I think that it, it, we just need to kind of develop new relationships. If you've had, a, I, I have clients who've, say, been married to somebody for 50 years and that person passes and the rest of the family's like, Kirk, come on, get over it, get over it, get, move on with things, start, hey, marry somebody else. You're young, you know, you're not really young at that point. But also, if you've had a relationship with somebody that you've talked to every day for 50 years, I think it's very artificial to think that that should just stop. And I think that we are putting an immense amount of guilt on people on top of grief because they aren't just letting something go. I, I have no problem with people talking to people who have passed. Um, I, if they tell them to do terrible things to other people and they do, yeah, yeah <laughs> I, <always laughs> have, I a, have a problem with it. But. I always have a question. Mm -hmm. um, you know how some people say when, they, when a loved one passes, they say that they saw them like in a dream or they saw them like standing somewhere like for a glimpse. Is that a part of it? Like, your mind kind of kicks into that third gear or something the, like that? And perceives other dimensions. Yeah, mm -hmm. well, dreams are, are, I mean, the dream world and the, the um, when we go into sleep state, we are perhaps at our most receptive. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of wonderful ideas come through. I mean, it's, it's a really just creative space. It's meditative, you know, probably mm -hmm. the deepest meditation that you can get asleep, right? When you, we all sit and meditate, we fall asleep, mm -hmm. ultimately, you know? And so I think it opens up that place where we can connect with them. And when they see them... You know, and I get this a lot. People are like, well, do you see them like it was you? You know, like do, when you see dead people, is it like you're having a conversation like, ooh, I'm having this conversation. And then I get up and the thing, it's like, ooh, we were all dead. Ooh, no. And I didn't know. It doesn't work that way. It really. And I think the reason that they don't come back to us in physical form 
Um, again, I'll use an, an, an instance of a woman who lost her husband, and she said, "You know, I can feel him when I, you know, when I go to sleep at night. Why doesn't? Why can't I see him? Why doesn't he come back? And why can't I see him like a person?" And I'm like, "Because you'd never leave the room, you know, and you have other things that you need to do. And if you lose somebody once and you get it back, have you ever lost something?" and you find it, you don't really let that thing go, you know, the next time, if, you, if you're smart. And so it's the same thing with people. If you've lost somebody and all of a sudden that person comes back, you're not going to leave their side because you know that if you leave, there's a real good chance that they're not going to be there again. Mm -hmm. And so I, I don't think it happens that way. I think that we connect with them um, in, in many different signs and people see things that they have messages, signs and wonders that connect them to the person. I don't think there's a stock way that the dead communicate but I, I think that it's possible for everybody to have those relationships it is all of us could yeah. be in touch with dead people yeah. for real yeah what about reincarnation do we come back as someone else this is a tricky thing because personally i'm not a big fan of time being exactly the way that we think of it so i personally think it's all happening at the same time but that's a whole different conversation <laughs> but isn't isn't that the theory of quantum physics and whatever yes. that yeah that all things are, that are there is no there is no time is not an arrow it's a yep single moment yeah and so reincarnation is the way that we have to process things so that we can kind of learn from experiences again if we go back to this whole thing being a learning process so you believe and that we're living simultaneous lives that's right I, now that's what i believe you know but so I, I you're the, you're an empress from egypt and a psychic in new orleans and i you know i've been one of these excuse my language you know there 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 are so many people that just as soon as you start talking about reincarnation they're the emperor they're the empress you know what was your your language you know i was the shit kicker of some place (laughs) (laughs) really necessarily that you know i mean i'm just not so sure that there aren't that many empresses to start well that's why everybody was an egyptian princess everybody well there aren't there weren't that many people either by the way yeah there's now seven billion people on earth or six billion people and there used to be like one million so where are all the souls coming from well i think again if, if we are all you know if this is happening at the same time then then we're fragments of of, a, of an over soul or a greater soul and when those things come about in existence again i'm not the grand designer so i'm not sure sure the reason about that but that's made more sense to me than any of the other things um i hear a lot of things about what the afterlife is like and um, you know that some of the books that i read are like romance novels to me because they're just basically describing what we have here except it's all white and puffy and i'm thinking mm. hmm then why would we leave here if it's just like here it doesn't make any sense you just stay here you know so no body all bets are off do you get impatient with the sort of trivial stupidity of the world uh, no um because i i'm really happy to be here all of the good bad all of it stupid you know that's that's a judgment that i do make from time to time but i try to stop myself um i think that we're lucky. I think that we chose to come here for good reasons. Again, I think that we're learning something. And so in order to learn, you know, there, it's not always pleasant. Sometimes it's painful. But I think we're lucky to have this. And I, I do believe that souls keep coming back here. And when I do tap into people who have passed over, they pretty much have the same thing. They're like, don't hurry. It's pretty good here. You know, we want you to stay and do your thing. But, you know, hey, it's like I just got off of a roller coaster and I want to come back again. That's what I keep feeling from souls. You know, it's like, wee, I'm ready to come back. Let's do this over. You know, Ooh, that was a fun ride. And so I think if they feel that way, and most lives are a mixture of pleasure and pain, that I really have learned to look at this and be thankful for every single moment. You know, I'm here, I'm breathing, I'm lucky. Okay. What about a song? A song? 
Do you think it's time to hear another <laughs> song from Pierre? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, sure. That's okay. what I was I'm like, thinking. Me? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> if you want to sing. My dad was an opera singer, you know. <laughs> Your dad was an opera singer? Yes, I grew up in the oh, opera do you business. Sing? Yeah. I did, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Do you still sing? Um, every once in a while, yeah, if I have enough of these. <laughs> <laughs> You're a very slow drinker. You've only drank half of your giant margarita. <laughs> well, there. because I would go into an anxiety attack if I was sitting here with nothing left. <laughs> Just kidding. You don't have any anxiety, do you? Every once in a while, sure. Do you, even though you can see everything? Can yeah. you see your own life? This is a stupid question. I'm sure you get this all the time, too. No, and and this is uh, this is the question that I get all the time, and I think it's part of, uh, I think it's part of objectivity. I think that I'm everybody loses some of it when you're looking at your own life yeah. because we do we have a central nervous system I do have anxiety I have you know I go through every other feeling that another human being does it's just I'm a vessel for information for other people that's the only thing and right. I, I think everybody here as I was sitting I was like wow this is a great perfect group of people because I think we're psychic well I mean just you your can great thank people. Graham DePonte for absolutely <laughs> thanks Graham thank you. Yay. Um, but creativity um, your vessels, right? We're vessels. Um, mm -hmm. I think it was uh, Stravinsky said that uh, after composing the Rites of Spring, he didn't recall writing it. You know, he didn't mm. recall. He was just, and he said he was a vessel. Mm. And so, really, everybody here, we're vessels. It's just we're providing different information to people for different reasons. You're making people, you're touching people's lives, you're touching people's lives, you're touching people's lives, you're touching people's lives, the bartender is touching people's <laughs> lives. <laughs> We're all touching people's lives. Right. That's what it's all about. So I think y'all are vessels too. So yay, sing on. How do you, how do you explain people who are, who are doing things that are bad to other people, criminals or people who are hurting other people? Well, you know, here's the story. I've had this, this, um, I've, I've, I wish I've I could had, come up with an original question. I've had <laughs> preachers as, as, as clients, and we've right. sat down. I mean, I, I really do have an interesting, you'd be surprised at some of the people that come to me. Um, but, uh, Who every, are they? What are their names? No one listens no, to the show. I'm not, no, 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 no. Come on. <laughs> no. They wouldn't mind. No, 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 no. I'm, in that way, I'm like a priest. It's the only way I'm like a priest. <laughs> I'm yeah, not yeah. going to <laughs> tell anybody. I, no, I'm sure you couldn't <laughs> tell people's names. But what if we guessed a few? Um, no, 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 not going to do it. But the interesting thing that we have uh, that I've had debates about is is the the the, the story of um, Judas. You know, I mean, and and Judas, of Judas Sicarius in the, in the Bible Jesus. who read it on Jesus. Right. In order for the story to kind of turn out the way it did, there had to be Judas. Judas, Judas had to do had that. To be a bad guy. There had to be a bad guy, and so like story. the hero's it, journey. Yeah, it is the hero's journey. Yes, Joseph yeah. Campbell. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's like um, I mean, my mean my good friend. He's the director of the station. We always talk about the hero's journey that mm -hmm. Batman needed the Joker as yeah. every villain every hero they need that person to live like um, that's we get into conversations about the Dark Knights that did the Joker die did he uh, go to the asylum or something because it was like no Batman didn't kill him because Batman and the Joker or you know they need each other if there's no Joker then there's no Batman so if there's that's no the Jesus there's no Judas or vice versa there's no Judas there's no so Jesus so is any yeah, of this so true was there really a Jesus and a Judas and so on did well, that really happen I, I'm not a historian you know so well, I, can you I, get I, in touch with Jesus um, <laughs> wow <laughs> we all <laughs> that's a that's a big order to fill right there well Michael Jackson <laughs> if we could get Michael Jackson and Jesus on the show they'd probably both <laughs> say <laughs> very much the same thing can we get John <laughs> Lennon know? too John Lennon would be a great yeah, idea yeah 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 <laughs> we need we need them all of them folks here more but um i th i think that it it i don't know whether jesus really existed or not again i'm not a historian i i, no, but could I, you, I mean do these people someone who's like jesus who died um approximately uh, 2014 years ago i suppose mm -hmm. wasn't it mm -hmm. could he 
is his spirit still whizzing around somewhere that you could connect with? People who died thousands of years ago? Well, yeah, and, and I, I've had really, I've connected with, with inanimate objects. Now, this sounds really kind of crazy. Okay. But I, I, I know he's already looking at it. No, no, no. But, <laughs> but um, I had once, uh, that when I was connecting with something, I had something come through to me that was an instrument of a, of a very well known musician, and that they said that they were in, in imbued with energy wow. by all of the attention that somebody spent on. Now again, I'm not sitting here going this is absolutely yes this this happens, but a lot of what's going on in um, in theoretical physics is saying that, you know, thought and energy really can influence something. And so who's to say that a guitar doesn't have the same energy, you know, that that say another a person does if we've imbued them with that much. And we but give them names and we, we name you know. them, we mm-hmm. yep. I think definitely you can walk into someone's house and people say, what a great house, and it isn't really a great house at all. It's just there's something about the energy in it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's probably the same kind of thing, that your Absolutely. energy from you imbues the house from a guitar or whatever. And mm-hmm. when people move out, it changes the whole place. It looks totally mm-hmm. feels different. So it seems not unreasonable that something could absorb some sort of energy. Well, and people will often bring um, something. I don't need it, but they, they'll bring something that belonged to somebody who departed. Or when I do a missing persons case, they'll bring things to me and they'll say, here, this is mm. what, the, you know, missing this is this persons. person's. Could it, yeah. Hey, let's get on to missing persons. Could you hold my pen and tell me something about myself? <laughs> <laughs> don't do it. <laughs> I, let's, t- let's have one more song because we have to get out of here at some point pretty soon. Oh, my God. In fact, almost any minute. We can end it on an easy my flat yeah. All and right. Then, okay. This What's a, this a one? Love song. Julia, you, you want to talk about it? It's kind of like a Romeo and Juliet song. Um, it's about a man and a woman who can't be together because the man is too poor. And so he's saying to the woman's lotto, I'll go abroad and I'll make money and then I'll come back and marry you. So the beginning is kind of like a duet. I'm going to take off my headphones. You can, ta- you can take them off, of course. Whoa. <laughs> How does it feel? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> To my slato do, he mori do my namai kasi, he tab na menda, he tab na menda, he mori tab na menda, he mori tab na menda, he do. 
<laughs> wow. How did you like that without the headphones? <laughs> Bravo. Bravo. Nice job. So does it end happily? Does he make all the money and come back and marry the oh, girl? Or do we not know that? We don't I don't know. Yes, he does. Yeah, okay, he does. Yeah. He does. He does. <laughs> of course he, he does. did. Yes. He did. <laughs> he did. Okay, we've got to get out of here. But before we go, Carrie, I just wanted to follow up on something you said before the song, which was Missing Persons. You can find Missing Persons? I, I do my best. Yeah, I'm, I don't have 100% accuracy in it. but Well, the day we're talking about this, by the time you hear this podcast, sometimes people listen to these shows mm-hmm. years later. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. today we're recording this this flight from uh, mm-hmm. that's going from Kuala Lumpur mm-hmm. to, to Beijing disappeared somewhere over the oceans mm-hmm. uh, off mm-hmm. Vietnam. Nobody has a clue what, what happened to it as we're sitting here today. Do you have any idea what could happen to all those souls? Um, what could happen what, to the souls? Or, or what, what, happened what happened to the, to plane? the plane? Could you get in I, touch with these dead people? Suppose they did. It's gone. I mean, it's down. It's 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 it's, it's a not, million. Didn't land somewhere pieces. on an island in the middle no, of the ocean. They're all no, like lost. I don't get or that. I don't get that. No. <laughs> Unfortunately, I, I, when and by the time you know they come to me, it's usually not a good story. You know, it's they don't. Right. I'm not the first person that they call. You know, I'm usually so the, the cops last. come to you and say, yeah, they're stuck. Not the cops so much. It's the families that come. Oh, right. You know, not and especially you know nobody really wants to say, oh well, we can't do our job. We need to get the psychic. You know, because we didn't do our job. But I mean, it's usually families. I've done work with some police officers who have come to me directly, right. but it is primarily the families that come. What's the most, well, we have to get out of here, but I, I could just, we could stay all day <laughs> and ask these What's the most interesting part of your job? Uh, being able to co- connect with so many wonderful people. And I, I mean, I travel without ever having to leave the room. I, I can, uh, I, uh, having people trust me enough to bring their vulnerable uh, people don't come to me usually in the greatest of spaces. They're coming people to come me. to you when they're in trouble and they want to sort or another. something out. Yeah, in their yeah. They're at a crossroads. And, yeah, and, and to be the person that they have trusted enough to give that vulnerable space to, that just, I, I can't ever feel bad, you know, from, right. from being able to help a person in that So place. for 100 bucks, we can get our life sorted out. Basically. Sure. Snap, crackle, pop. That's it. Yep. So you're going to have to go to years of therapy or I, I, I'm not gonna join the <laughs> army or something. I, <laughs> I don't, I'm not going to put anybody else out of business. I, I just do what I do. And when you come to see me, no, I, I can pretty much solve things in a short period of time. Wow. Okay. There Guys, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, That's been happy hour for today. <laughs> thank you. What a great hour it's been. Thank you very much. Carrie Roy, best psychic in America, as determined by BBC. BBC America. No, BBC, BBC America, America, no less. Yep. Kevin McLean. Yes. We're looking forward to seeing stuff coming out. We can go check out Fundat and yes. give you a couple of bucks and help out. Definitely. And P-A-Y-E-Y-A, if you are looking for it. You can look for that on our website, too. It's neworleans.com. Members of PA are uh, Annalisa Kelly, Ruby Ross, and Julia Michaels. Thank you so much for joining us Thank and for you. singing for us today. What a great show. Our producer is Graham DePonte. Our associate producer and technical director is Chris Kehoe. Christian Unruh is the music director of the show. And Joshua Brown is our music coordinator. The theme song that you're listening to was written and is being played by Mitch Foreman and the fabulous audio quality of this show is brought to you in part by PreSonus Audio Electronics and also Chris Kehoe. PreSonus makes some of the best audio recording and live sound products around including Studio One Music Production Software, Studio Live Digital Mixing Consoles, Aero Studio Monitors and much more. You can find out more about that at PreSonus.com. If you'd like to be on our show and you can sit around this table for about an hour here at Casa Borrego, drop us a line. Our address is on our website. We can also check out many other happy hours and our other shows. Out to Lunch with Peter Raschuti, live from Commander's Palace Mindset with psychiatrist Dr. Nick Pajic. True to the Game with the fabulous Chris True and Tammy Nelson. Vietnola, our show about the New Orleans Vietnamese community. 
and Midnight Menu Plus One with Margot Moss and the man who ate New Orleans, Ray Canada. You can keep up with us on Facebook, Twitter, and a whole bunch of other time-sucking social media as well. On all of it, where It's New Orleans. You can find photos from this show on itsneworleans.com and Facebook. Those photos were taken by the fabulous Douglas Engel with his woolly hat. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Stitcher, or Swell, our favorite podcast app, or some other podcast app of your own choosing, thank you for subscribing to us. Take a moment to rate and review us, then it helps other people find us. That would be great if you would do that. Our show is recorded live today at Casa Borrega on Aretha Castle Haley Boulevard in Central City in New Orleans. Casa Borrega is a bar, a restaurant, and a live music venue. Check them out. Come down here and check it out for yourself. Happy Hour is a production of INO Broadcasting for itsneworleans.com. For Andrew Duhon, who will be back here at some point from traveling around the world. Everyone out back at the office at INO, Graham DePonte sitting behind me and Chris Kehoe on the other side. I'm Grant Morris. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll see you back here next time on Happy Hour.